I had already put some preparation into this week's message about joy. And Phil starts off and he, he brings a line in and says, uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And now I'd written quite a bit of my message and guess what my opening line was? <laughs> God knows. So God is awesome. He's up to something and he's doing something. Not only that uh, I, I can have faith and trust in that God has got a, a, um, a message for us, but I also have to find another song now. So... <laughs> Right? No, we'll sing it. No, we won't sing it. That's no, awesome. But we can take confidence that God knows what he's doing, can't we? We can see the theme that God's wanting to just meet with us in his presence this morning, because in his presence, it's where we find the greatest joy and the greatest pleasure and, and everything that we actually need and have is in his presence. And so I'm excited. So my question to you, instead of me finding a song, is have you got a song? Have you got a song that captures your heart, that takes you back to that special place? Now, I'm not talking about a song like Total Eclipse of the Heart that takes you back <laughs> to an old boyfriend. Yeah. It's all right. I'm over it. I let it go. I'm not petty. Yeah, no, my, not my old boyfriend. That was a whole nother life. No, it's kind of, you just That's mean. You set me up. You set me up. But most of us, I'm hoping you've got a song that takes you back to the, just the presence of God, that captures your heart, that you... You sing and you, whenever, wherever you are, there is, there is a, a song in your heart that tells you how good God is. I've got quite a few. Um, I sing one to my kids when they were little. Um, I sing a simple song of love. Um, it puts them to sleep, which is really good, but it declares God's promises over them and that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't sing it because you'll probably all fall asleep too over that leaf. But I also have another song that I have songs when I go hunting. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. So as I'm walking near the water, I'm singing that song going, God, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, as the deer pants for water, I'm by water. You know, I have these, these funny songs that are in my spirit. But one of my, one of my all-time favorite, it's a real oldie. Well, I would say it's an oldie. My, the youth here would probably go, what? It's creating me a clean heart. Creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Man, that's a good song. I love that song. Who knows that song? Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my age. That's cool. Youth, do you know that song? No? Youth, are you still on your phones? (laughs) Caught you. Nah, it's awesome. So, someone say, sing it. No. Awesome. There's, but there's something incredibly powerful about that song for me. It just takes me to that valuable, precious space that created me a clean heart, God. You know, may my heart be in line with yours. May there be nothing in my heart that separates me from you. You know, um, Having God's presence and, and the Holy Spirit with me is so precious and valuable. Don't take that away. I don't want to have anything to separate me from God's presence and the joy of your salvation. So this morning, I'm actually going to speak to two lines in that song that actually just capture me every single time I sing it to myself. <laughs> um, and the first one is, cast me not away. I oh, know, did you hear that? I did. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. What a powerful line. Remember when Moses is talking to God in Exodus 33, and he, and he says to God, if, if your presence does, does not go with us, then I don't want to go. We don't want to go. 
I hope that's your heart's cry wherever you go. God, if your presence is not with me, then I don't want to go there. I want to get, only want to go where your presence is going to go. You know, I want you to lead me where you're going to, where your presence is there always. David writes this psalm in, in Psalm 16 that we read out this morning. And the last lines in verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And if we're talking about joy, if you want to find joy, if you want to find the fullness of your joy, it's in God and only in God. That is where you find the fullness of your joy. If you're lacking joy this morning or in any area of your life, God says, I am the one who will fill that. Seek him, find him. And yet we try to find joy and our satisfaction in just about everything else, don't we? I know I do. Our society has become so stimulatedly focused, so pleasure-driven, so self-satisfyingly driven that as a whole society, did you know that the medical um, doctors and everybody have a, a name for this now where it's called anadona? I've got to pronounce that right. Anadona speaks to the medical condition that people are now losing their ability to find pleasure in the things of life. They lose their ability to feel happiness or joy. People who have this relentless pursuit after pleasure, after pleasure, after stimulus, after stimulus, are now finding numbness in all their senses. Their minds and their, their uh, feelings are gone numb. Anadona is a, is a Greek word, and it comes out of two words. And uh, Anna means without, and dona means pleasure. just simply means without pleasure. And one of the fascinating things I find about this is that the dictionary meaning of joy is the feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And here are a whole society of people who are unable to experience pleasure or happiness because their relentless pursuit of self-satisfaction has got them to a place of numbness. People who are joyless, people who have become numb to their surroundings. As a society, we are so overstimulated, it's not funny. We're constantly bombarded with the latest, the greatest, the must-haves. You need this. Have you done this? Have you tried this? Don't miss out on this experience. Have you been here? Have you seen that? And if we're not careful, we get so overstimulated that we, get, we could experience or compromise the presence of God because we're, we miss it. We no longer have the capacity to feel God and we miss him when he's right even there. And uh, I was thinking, oh, that's not me. And you might be thinking, no, I, I don't miss God's presence. But can I ask you, apart from this morning, when was the last time that you felt the spine-tingling presence of God that sent shivers down your spine? Because God's here this morning through worship. I had the Holy Spirit gooses, as we call it. Just his presence is so powerful. When was the last time that you felt that? When was the last time? that you just shivered with his presence, not because of what he'd done for you, but just because he's there with you. That's important. You know, because joy, we look for joy in the things that make us happy and satisfy us, and his presence is the fullness of joy. There are three areas that the doctors and psychiatrists, by the way, I've been doing a lot of research on this, it's quite interesting, are saying that this manifests in, and the first one's called social anadona, meaning there are people all around you, You're constantly connected with one another, but there is no deep connection. You know a lot of people, and not a lot of people know you. 
You know, I can guarantee you that uh, that even in in a, in a setting like this, there are some people who are present but not present. You're here, but you're thinking we could be thinking about uh, what are we going to do this afternoon? You know, how's my trade me post going? How many likes did I get on that Instagram post? And uh, when is this going to finish so I can go home and watch the rugby because I haven't really quite heard the score and I need to get home first? We can be present, but not present. You know, God's can, we can think that sometimes God attends something, but we actually miss his presence. So I hope this morning you capture his presence because God is in attendance and he is here, but he is present. And the fullness of your joy sits in his presence. So let's focus and let's, Let's enjoy his presence. We see a whole generation now with the device glued to their hands. We're seeing a generation who uh, does not fear death or sickness, but their greatest fear is boredom. The stimulus that they're seeking constantly. One doctor wrote that, uh, said that technology is revolutionizing our lives, but it's ravishing our brains. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Connection doesn't necessarily mean being connected. It means a deep connection. And we're missing out on that because of some aspects of social media and stuff. We can sit in a lounge with all your family and you're all on different devices. It's it's amazing. And there is this numbness to connection. We forget how to communicate and how to love with each other and be present. The second area was really fascinating is musical anadona. This is where you've heard so much that nothing moves you anymore. You're no longer captivated by the lyrics of a song. You're no longer taken back to that special place. Now, if you think about that in a church context, how many times have we uh, had a worship song come up and we go, oh, not this song. This does nothing for me. And we're numb to the lyrics. You know, what God's challenged me on for quite some time is that that's not my responsibility. I have absolute faith and trust in the music team to seek God's heart for what the worship songs are going to be. My responsibility is to have my heart totally eclipsed by his love so that, um, <laughs> so that I'm worshipping him regardless of the lyrics but my heart is so invested that there is power in what I'm saying, power in what I'm singing. But sometimes we can chase uh, the latest and greatest. Now, I fully believe that there are songs that God anoints in a season that carry power. And that is amazing. But do we stand and we don't worship God because we've come numb to the song, to the lyrics, and we no longer carry any meaning or any heart? And that's why I asked you, have you got that song that takes you back, that special song? It takes you back to the presence of God. They are incredibly important to have. Then the last one is actually sexual anadona. But what's it, before I tackle that one, what's interesting about anadona is that it used to only present itself in people who had depressive disorders, substance-related disorders, psychiatric or personality disorders. That's where they saw it a lot, people who had chased so many highs that they become numb. But they're now finding that it's more and more uncommon in normal everyday people. It's completely healthy people who are more and more diagnosed with this condition. 
people don't have their happiness in their lives. They don't have joy because they don't know where to get their joy from anymore. They've pursued so many things. And then that sexual anodyna, it's where you get marriages destroyed because they're chasing affairs, chasing pornography, chasing so many different things that God created us to enjoy inside marriage. But they're pursuing it. It starts off little. Pornography never starts off high. It starts off little. And then once you get that, uh, that rush, that chemical release in your brain, you go and you want to pursue that again, that dopamine level, and you go higher and you go further and you go deeper, and all of a sudden you're at some level caught in pornography or in a fear or something that you never planned on, but you were seeking pleasure and joy and happiness and something that was never going to fulfill you and satisfy you anyway. And once you have that high, they will tell you, you will never get that high again. Once you have that uh, dopamine release in your brain, you will never get that same amount of dopamine level. And that's why you get people who are addicted to substances get deeper and deeper and deeper because they're trying to get that, that high. And they end up becoming numb. Not having the ability to find pleasure or joy in anything. And it's healthy, everyday, common people that are feeling this all the time. The Bible talks a little bit about, in a, in, a, in a certain way, I can take a little bit of creative license here. He talks about Christians who are lukewarm, not on fire for Jesus. We need to be a church that are on fire for Jesus. We need to be a people that are on fire for Jesus. Phil said last week that we should be the greatest billboard for Jesus and joy and happiness that we possibly can be. But God talks about lukewarm Christians. People are neither hot nor cold. And I think we need to be on fire for Jesus. Amen? We need Jesus to be the one that stimulates us. We need Jesus to be the one that provides us with all our pleasure and our joy. Jesus Christ has to be the centre of our joy. We want fullness and completion. It's in his presence. It's so awesome. You know, I can, we can look at materialistic things. You know, when I went to Indonesia and I saw so much poverty compared to what I currently live in. They go without. You go into a home and there's one mattress on a tiled floor. No, no wardrobe, no drawers, no TVs, no nothing. And they are the happiest people. Absolutely happy because they know who Jesus is. They love their God and they worship him and it's not, their joy is not caught up in what they have. Their joy is caught up in who they have. You know, they travel 12, 13 hours to do some ministry on a scooter or go to a church. Who would go 12, 13 hours here on a scooter to go and share the gospel with someone? But they count it as a joy and a blessing because of what they have. What, who they have, sorry. You know, I, we, Shani and I, we just finally purchased our house on Thursday. It became official. So we're now into the homeowner's market. Um, you know, and we're absolutely blessed. God's been on a phenomenal journey for us and just showing his faithfulness and stuff. But my joy is not in my home. My joy is in the promise that God gave me the year before when he said by the end of 2019, you're going to be in your own home. My joy is in his promises, a yes and amen. Because my joy, yes, I'm so thankful and blessed and my house will be a blessing to God but I'm not chasing the blessing, I'm chasing the blesser and I'm, I'm seeking God's joy and his fullness. So I'm not relying on what I 
have. I'm relying on who, who's in me and who I carry and what he's done for me. That's where our blessings should be because our circumstances and that could change really quickly. You know, we, we say that's, you know, it's amazing. I've got all this joy, but I can tell you that Shani and I and our family are going through the hardest trial of our lives at the same time. We've been on a journey for nine months and it's going to go for a lot longer and it is gut-wrenching and it is hard work. But my joy is in Jesus. So I'm not relying on my circumstances or what I have. I'm relying on who I have. And he is the source of all my joy. So in the midst of a trial, I can have joy because it's in him. Not what he's doing for me, but what he's done for me. And his presence is the fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures forevermore. Come on, at the right hand of the Father, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. He's got pleasures forevermore. Come on, why pursue them outside of him? He is awesome. And that takes, us, takes me to the second line of the song that says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Have you thought about that? Take 10 seconds to think about that. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And notice that it doesn't say restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It's your salvation. It's his salvation because we did nothing to earn it. We did nothing to receive salvation. Jesus did it all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus endured it all. But Jesus gave it all. Gave it for you and I. So that whoever believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, whoever confesses with their mouth that he is Lord, has the right to be called children of God. Jesus is the center of all our joy. And he is encouraging me all the time to restore unto me the joy of, my, of his salvation, what he's done for me, not what he can do for me, because that means I have to keep going to him. What's next, God? What have you got for me next? But he's done everything, and my joy is complete in him. And so I need to continually focus myself and find my joy and pleasure in God. He is absolutely amazing. So can I encourage you this week to go home and think about the joy of his salvation? Yes, remember the time that God reached out to you and saved you, because that's intimately personal. But he's done so much already. And I pray that you find joy in his, self, his salvation. Now, I don't know if you know, but that song, Creating Me a Clean Heart, comes out of Psalm 51 in verses 10. It says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Singing scripture, which is always a powerful thing to do when you sing the word of God in your life. But what I realized is that uh, David wrote this song. And David wrote this psalm after uh, the prophet Nathan had confronted him about his uh, whoopsie with Bathsheba. So if you're not aware of that story, you can read it in, in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. But David and Bathsheba are fairly well known in the Christian circles. Bathsheba was originally the wife of Uriah the Hittite, a soldier in David's army. While Uriah was away at war, David saw Bathsheba bathing in her courtyard one night, and she was beautiful, and David lusted after her. Knowing she was another man's wife, David, being the king, summoned her to his palace, and he slept with her. 
And when she found out that she was pregnant, she informed David and the king. Rather than repent, he added to his sin. David ordered that Uriah be placed on the front lines of the battle where he was abandoned by his fellow soldiers and killed by the enemy. Then David married Bathsheba. And in chapter 12, God sends Nathan to to confront David about his transgression. David sat on a rooftop and a beautiful lady caught his eye and we know what happened after that. So the question is what's catching your eye? What takes your focus of God? What's catching your eye to seek for satisfaction, for pleasure, for joy? Because what caught his eye caught his attention and what caught his attention caught his focus and his focus got all caught up in feelings and desires and pleasurable and once he gave himself over to that pleasurable, the temporary, he was felt left empty, lost, disconnected, broken. God brings restoration through Nathan to confront him about his behavior and he pens the psalm, Psalm 51. And I love it that his heart is here, create in me a pure heart, God. Take not your presence from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. He knew where he had been unfocused for a time that didn't affect his salvation, didn't affect his love and his awe from God, but God and his lovingness met him. And, and in this song, he drops this revelation that, which is, captures me about God that says, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. It's like God drops this little golden nugget into David's spirit as he's writing this. And he says, the reason you've lost your joy and your brokenness is because your focus was off me. Your focus has shifted. Rather than seeking me, we sought the pleasures of this world. We sought things that you thought were going to satisfy you and temporarily fill us, but God said, no, my fullness is in me. And so God says to him, just this line, and he quotes it, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. That's where our joy is complete and what Christ has done for us. It's absolutely amazing. And he's and his presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's what he's done for us, not what he can do for us, that we should be planting our joy in. You know, if I was to stand on the dictionary definition that joy comes from pleasurable things and it's based on how I feel at the time, all I would need is a Big Mac. Seriously, I take great pleasure and happiness and joy in eating those. It's all it would take. But the problem is that it's temporary. You'd have to keep feeding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Because that would, you know, if I was to find it by that, that's what would bring me pleasure and happiness. Just give me a Big Mac. Someone feed me. Seriously. Someone feed me. Does anybody know Big Macs? Ah, well, now I don't have joy. Now I don't have pleasure and now I don't have happiness because... I didn't get what I want. My happiness was based in a Big Mac. What if it got cold? What if I got the Big Mac and it was cold and it wasn't met my standard? What if I got a fillet of fish? It could be something. You know? But our pleasure is not in the things. Our pleasure is in a person. And his name's Jesus Christ. And I pray that your circumstances, I pray that your what you go through doesn't define your joy because you can have joy in a storm. 
I've experienced it because there's joy as a person. And in his presence, I find joy. I can be heartbroken. I can sit on the bottom of my shower floor and cry my eyes out, which happens. It's my go-to place for emotion. Um, but there's something about yeah, there's something about the washing of me just sitting there releasing my hurt to God that He fills me with joy because of who He is. I get washed and I get refreshed, and all of a sudden my circumstances aren't as big because my God is bigger. You know. So I want to encourage you this morning that your joy is not in what He can do for you. Your joy is what he's done for you, to pull in, to draw closer to his presence, to know that the fullness of your joy is in his presence, that the pleasures that you seek are in him, and they are forevermore. They are long-lasting. They are for eternity. They are not temporary. You won't be left cold, getting the wrong thing or disappointed. Our God is a God who knows us. And I believe that God wants to restore joy this morning because I want to know that uh, God wants our eyes to be on him, to focus on him. So when something happens, when you receive something, when it's a blessed, yes, experience joy and happiness, but our joy is in him. You know, or are we constantly going to be following and wanting God to go, what's next, God? You've did that for me. I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. But what's next? What else can you do? You know, starts off with 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. What's next? One child, two child, eight children. Stop the children. You know, <laughs> what, is, what is your joy? It's in his salvation, what he's done. And I just want you to encourage you this morning. Go and meditate on what he's done for you, on who he is. Let the joy of his salvation be the fullness that completes you. Keep your eyes focused on him. And let's be the billboard that God calls us to be out there. Happy, joyful people. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Thanks, man. That's a good word. Thank you. Who's ready to be the joy billboard? Yeah, you're all doing well. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. All right. We are going to close this morning's meeting. Um, we have family table after the service. Go and get some food. Come back and join us. Um, and... We'll see you next Sunday. If you would like prayer or would like to talk to anyone, please come and find one of us up the front. We would love to stand with you and pray with you. Otherwise, come and say hi anyway. All right. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word that you've, that you've imparted to us, for the journey that we've been on, that we are on, and that we will go on. Would you instill in us a deep joy because of who you are? Would people see your face and see your glory because of the way that we posture and hold ourselves? Would this town come to know how good you are because our faces show it? We love you. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. All right, see you soon for food.